0: everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Sorry for the mess up. Somehow it did not schedule me for the YouTube part of the video, only Facebook. So hopefully you guys are recognizing that I'm there and we can talk about what's going on this week. So grab your cup of coffee or tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above us. I said it was a quiet week. That's what I said. And that's how I assumed it was going to go. But obviously, the uh, planet Mercury is still messing around with us, even though he's now direct, right? He went direct on on June 3rd on Friday. But today, he's still in the shadow. And sometimes while a planet is in the shadow, we end up With a little bit of that wonkiness. So I think what's happening is that I'm having an issue with my mouse and uh, the mouse like isn't clicking all the way when I click something. So I think I'm going to have to replace that because this morning I set this up to go onto Facebook and YouTube. (laughs) Somehow it only went to Facebook. And then when I went to redo it, Uh, it wouldn't let me schedule it right away for Facebook because it needs 10 minutes or 15 minutes in order to be able to do it. So sorry about that. Just craziness. Good morning, Kajela. I see you out there. It's good to see you and JLo. So here comes my, my people. You're all popping in. Now you found me and that, uh, anyway, so many apologies for that, but let's move on to talk about what is going on this week and literally as i said it should be a quiet week however uh it might be one of those things that devil us a little bit from underneath or behind the scenes and as we move forward watch out for those kinds of things maybe we have to be a little bit more aware and this you know type of week gives me an opportunity to tell you a little bit more about the minor aspects that occur in astrology as most of the major things don't happen until the end of this week, uh, meaning Friday and Saturday. But in between times, there are the smaller little things that are actually a little bit more scritchy, a little bit more annoying. And for example, today, uh, (laughs) there are two minor little aspects, one with Chiron and one between Venus and Neptune. And they're not necessarily the ones I would think of as causing trouble, But they did already cause a little bit of trouble here. So we're going to talk about some minor aspects. We're going to talk about the week ahead. And we'll start here this morning with the moon in Virgo. It hasn't been uh, in Virgo for a month. And I don't think we've actually ever gotten to a point where I was on air during this kind of a, a transit of the moon in Virgo so that we could talk about Virgo's light and the shadow so when we look at the moon in virgo it's my favorite time right my moon is in virgo and in fact today we will be at the degree of the of the sign that it was in when i was born so i work well under that kind of a transit but all of you have virgo somewhere in your chart so if you have your charts available take a look at where it is in the chart itself and find out what house the moon will be impacting for you during this transit. So the Virgo light, let's talk about what Virgo does, what the Virgo moon looks like in the light part of it. And as a saying, it would be sharing my gifts and talents, helping others brings me fulfillment. That is the light of Virgo. Being able to share and serve in the capacity of sharing of their gifts and their talents, and that brings the uh, fulfillment that they're seeking in life. This is caring and attentive energy. Virgos very aware of uh, the the things that make everything perfect. There's a perfectionistic streak here, and the I'm going to use perfectionist in the light because. As a perfectionist, Virgo energy can make sure that everything is the way it's needing to be in order to be perfect. And then, of course, intellectual. This is a sign that is ruled by Mercury, much like Gemini. And that makes this a very intellectual sign or an intellectual placement for the moon. Now in and of itself, that that almost sounds like it could be the shadow. And indeed, it does show up as one of the shadow energies where we try to intellectualize our emotions or what we're feeling rather than being in the feels of it all. So intellectual, yes, just not necessarily something that we want to intellectual, where we want to intellectualize emotions. This is a humble and helpful placement for the moon, people that are on the ready and on the quick to jump in and help when needed, practical and organized or not. Right. I'm going to say or not, because right now my desk got all mixed up and all cattywampus this morning. Hardworking and supportive. Right. These are the lights of Virgo moons. Now, in the shadow, everything and everyone is flawed and needs fixing or saving. Virgo in the shadow can try to become the savior or becomes the martyr. It is opposite of the sign Pisces. And remember Pisces energy in its shadow was the victim and opposite of the victim is the martyr. So here we have the martyr or savior energy in Virgo. And along with that, OCD behaviors, the op- the obsessive and compulsive nature of the shadow energy here, this can become then disorganized, overthinking, and by the way, overthinking Uh, with the moon here in Virgo can lead us to tension, to anxiety, to become worried or become worriers. And that can lead to more nervous energy or nervousness, unproductiveness, right? Unproductive energy. And on the worst end of that extreme, it comes to judging, being judgy or overly critical and overly analytical and uh, then intellectualizing emotions. So we want to be careful in the week or in uh, today and tomorrow. The full days are with the moon in Virgo. And then on Wednesday, uh, early in the morning, the, the moon will be in the void before it moves out of Virgo and into Libra. And then midweek, then that brings relationships into focus. And then we have a couple of days of Libra and energy, and then over the weekend, The moon will be in Scorpio, so an intense weekend, while right now we have some uh, practical work-oriented energy for us. So let's say good morning to people who are jumping in. Good morning, Christine Buckingham, Susie Gemini, and Tammy Smith. Good morning. It's good to see you, Tammy. And Barbara Doughton. Good morning, Amy D. Hello to you. Suzanne Fulmer, good to see you. Tom, hello, good to see you as well. Pam Zaruba. Hello, Kajela. I think I said hello to you, but just in case say it again, hello to you. And Tom Wright says with Virgo rising, I calls it my picture straightener. (laughs) That's exactly it. And Tom of course has a Gemini son. His birthday was on Friday with a Virgo rising. And then here I am with a Gemini sun and a Virgo moon. So no wonder Tom and I are always chit-chattering. Amanda J, good morning to you. Susie says, I'm Virgo rising. And yes, earlier in life, I was overly critical with myself. There's the key too to that Susie, Gemini and Tom with Virgo rising that tends to play out with judgment against oneself, right? Becoming overly critical Uh, Not just of others, although that plays out too, but it's playing out that way because what you're seeing in the mirror are your own faults or your own um, uh, inconsistencies or where you're not, you know, where you would think you are supposed to be or what would be perfect. So that is uh, just a reflection then of your own judgment against yourself. Uh, So Pam says, now I understand my judgmental OCD last night. (laughs) Indeed. Good morning, Marianne. It's good to see you too. And all right. So now we know what the moon is doing for today, tomorrow, and a little bit of the next day. Um, But let's take a look at the week. I think before I go to do that, I want to talk a bit about the minor aspects in astrology, because the, the minor aspects often get looked over because of the bigger ones, the trines, the squares, the oppositions and conjunctions. Those are our main, main aspects that we're looking at uh, typically. And if a main aspect like that is happening, then it's real easy to just not even pay attention to the, the minor aspects that are happening. The major aspects are uh, the ones that we typically will will talk about But when minor aspects are happening, they can be the cause for some things that are going on under the surface that can create annoyances or tension or friction that you feel or that uneasiness that you might feel. Um, I like to call it scritchiness that you might feel like it's an itchy, scratchy, angry, frustration feeling, but it really seems like it has no cause or you can't pinpoint what it is that's going on. There's like Uh, Times, you know, when I, I recognize it's a minor aspect when for no obvious reason that I might be feeling annoyance or I might be feeling, you know, odd that there's not much else. You know, there's so many different words we could use here, but those are typically when minor aspects are happening. So I want to talk about the minor aspects that are a part of the week we're experiencing. I won't go into all of them today, but I want to do talk about the the ones that will be prominent this week. The first one I want to talk about is the semi-sextile. We did talk a bit about this during our Astrology of 2022 Webinar back in December. So, if you put your thinking caps on, go back a a few months, like six months uh, to December. I can't even believe that. And uh, we were talking about the interesting thing that was happening this year, where we had all of the outer planets in signs that made them in a semi sextile to one another. So, that means they were in consecutive signs. For instance, Pluto in the sign of Capricorn. Saturn in the sign of Aquarius. And then as we move from Aquarius to Pisces, at the beginning there, we had Jupiter in Pisces, but also Neptune in Pisces, and now it's moved on. So now we have Jupiter in Aries, right? And then we have Uranus in Taurus. So we have these, you know, major planets or these uh, planets that are running the outer world, right? The, uh, the, the, the transpersonal planets. So they're not as much affecting us as personal uh, in our personal lives, but they're uh, tra- uh, affecting us on the bigger, wider world stage or even on the galactic stage. And when they are that close to one another, the one in the neighboring sign doesn't often see that other planet very clearly. So what we have is like this hopscotching pattern where Pluto in Capricorn doesn't see Saturn in Aquarius very clearly, but it could see Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces more clearly. And then you can, you know, carry that out throughout all of these different signs. So a semi-sextile then, which looks like a K laying on its back, if you see the symbol in your astrology chart ever, so let's see if I can draw it bigger here uh, for everybody to see. Oops. Well, it looks kind of like this, but I just blew it because I didn't set the V down on the line. So it would be really more like this, like half the number uh, five in uh, Roman numerals. Okay. So the semi-sextile provides subtle friction. So it is again, very minor. It is vague, like I can't put my finger on exactly what it is that's causing the problem, but I know it's there because I feel it, but I can't tell you what it is that I'm really feeling. It defies words and it, it signifies for us a need for cooperation. And so when we are looking at say Pluto and Capricorn and Saturn and Aquarius, which by the way, right now they're almost in an exact semi-sextile it is the need to cooperate between the energies of transformation and a setting up of the future. So as we see Pluto um, crashing and burning our, our institutions, uh, uh, having us you know, set up a regenerative pattern, and Saturn in Aquarius helping us to see more of the future, But these two kind of blind for each other, to each other, we might say to ourselves, we don't understand what's happening in our world, right? We don't understand why are all these things happening? I say this to my husband all the time. I say this to you guys all the time. Like, I don't understand why. Things are happening the way they're happening. Why are shelves empty of certain things, right? What happened to our supply lines? What happened to the service that we used to get? I was complaining the other day. I wasn't really complaining, but I was mad at this within me because I was trying to make uh, my husband a medical appointment and he couldn't get in until August. And I'm like, what? How come? That is so far into the future. And I one I was wondering to myself why it is that these systems that we've always, you know, depended on are falling apart, right? And the the part that we don't see is that they've been falling apart for a while. They were not sustainable. And what we don't see in in exactness yet is what that means for the future. So we could see that is how Saturn in Aquarius in a semi-sextile to Pluto in Capricorn is working out. So these two are in a need to cooperate. So we can identify, for example, what's going on in the system, right? I think we know the girl clearly said to me, well, there are only three of us that are um, taking appointments for the entire county. And our county has, I don't know, 130,000 some people. And Uh, of that population, a certain percentage of them are needing this kind of service and it pushes out the dates, right? So we can identify the problem, but what we don't understand yet or what we can't get to yet is how do we solve the problem, right? Solving the problem requires more people, perhaps uh, a better management of the schedule, who knows, right? We don't know that exactly yet, but we do know with Saturn and Aquarius that something has to change, something has to give that either we need to hire more people to serve in the community in this respect, or we're going to have to manage it a little bit better. So a semi sextile in your own chart might lead you to have to, you know, sit back, step back a little bit and see how cooperation might work right when we have a system that's cooperating with the needs and the needs of the people being fulfilled by the system. That's just one like minor way to look at this. So that's a semi-sextile. And again, that looks like this in uh, this one. That one was, I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, uh, now the next one I want to talk about is a semi-square. So a semi-square, as you might uh, imagine, is a half of a square. So if a square is represented by the square, then what we have for the semi square is a half of a square, right? So we have a sort of uh, angled symbol that represents a semi square. So if a square is a 90 degree angle, then the semi square is a 45 degree angle. And it also symbolizes stress and friction. Although it's not as constant as the square might be and the square in a chart or a square when we're experiencing it as a major transit, let's say, provides a constant stressor. And it, it, it pushes us to find a way to ease that tension or ease that stress. Uh, it, it can be the energy to push us out of our comfort zone and out into a new way of solving a problem. And when we have that ability to to have that pressure, then, you know, it overcomes inertia in a semi square, though, it's a little more subtle and it doesn't have that constantness that the square has, but it can also bring up tension. So there's a tenseness to it, but the tenseness to it isn't something internal. Often the stressors from a square are going to be internal reactions that we have that that are propelling us forward. In a semi-square, it is our response or reaction to outer events. So a, a conversation that you have with someone that irritates you, right? Now, if a semi-square is present, it can create stress and friction in response to what you're experiencing from the outer world. So it's not necessarily something that came up from within you. It's more the response that you have to an event, to a conversation, to a problem, to any number of things that are happening in your outer world. So it's the outside or the external stimulus that is really the trigger point for the square, the semi-square, excuse me. And I'm specifically um, working through these particular minor aspects because they are at play this week in the early part of the week in particular, while we're waiting for the bigger aspects later in the week to show up. So uh, that's why we're handling these right now. Now there's also a quintile. A quintile is a more positive aspect. It divides the wheel by five. So if we take 360 degrees of the circle we divide it by five, we get a 72 degree relationship between the planets. And this is called a talent aspect. Because when a quintile shows up either in your personal chart or in a transit, like it will be doing this week, we have particular talents that come up, right that show up like, wow, I didn't know I was so good at that. Or, wow, I didn't even know. I had no idea that I could be that creative, right? So creativity is a part of a quintile aspect. Being able to showcase parts of yourself, maybe that have kind of lain in the background or kind of in the quiet and a quintile comes along and boom, it shows up, right? And it can also show up and then go away too. So it's not something that comes around and stays unless it's in your natal chart, if you have a quintile in your natal chart, it's going to look like a Q, a capital letter Q. So a quintile will look like this in your astrology chart. So the Q, right? And if you have Qs, quintiles, those are aspects that show uh, maybe a latent talent that you have. And it is also our ability to see things from a unique perspective, So it has a sort of Aquarian feel to it a little bit because it's different. It's unique. It's uh, a creative aspect, but it sees things differently. So a quintile might go about doing things in a completely different way than uh, people without the quintiles. So this week then with a quintile, and we'll talk about exactly what those are here in just a minute then we might want to, you know, rise above and see things or get out of the box and see things from a different perspective or a unique perspective. Start maybe thinking about asking the question, what if, what if I looked at it like this? Or what if that added to this makes something new, right? So looking at things differently and bringing forth more creative energy that maybe might uh, reveal some hidden talent that you have. So, those are the three, there are others, there's the sesquiquadrate, there are biquintiles and etc. I I don't want to get into those today because they're not really activated this week exactly. So, now that we have that sort of conversation now we can talk about what are the aspects that we're experiencing this week now a sextile was one that i didn't talk about as a major but it is considered a major aspect the first one today is the sun in a sextile to chiron so if you look at the chart your own personal chart or your transit chart you're going to see that the sun is at 15 degrees of gemini today And then we also have Chiron at 15 degrees of Aries. Now, Aries and Gemini energies are sextile one another. We have fire and air that work together well. You might think of fire uh, as being fanned by the flames or that Gemini air energy fanning the flames of that fire of that creativity. And Chiron being a part of the wound that we carry might have two different expressions in this particular aspect. One, if you are younger than 50 and one that if you are older than 50, and that's because if you're younger than 50, you are still experiencing the Chiron in his wounding phase And if you're over 50, likely you are beginning to see the healing aspect of Chiron and the sun and Chiron coming together in a sextile makes problem solving easier that if you've been working on a problem or there's a problem in front of you that you've been worried about or that you have had to find a solution for this particular aspect will make things easier. If you're younger than 50, then the the problem that you've been dealing with in your life or the, the thing that's been dogging you might suddenly come clear to clarity and you might be able to see what that solution might be. If you're over 50, then likely you're able to help someone else with a problem that they've been dealing with because what happens right around that 50 years old, 50 to 52, depending on where Chiron is in your own chart. Um, what happens is we begin to be able to help others with the wound that we've always experienced. So we can have this problem-solving um, ability to help others, or we might have the problem-solving ability at uh, tune toward turn toward our own lives and our own problems. Now, as well, today we have Venus in a semi-square. So that is this half of a square or a 45 degree angle to Neptune. Now, Venus and Neptune typically are higher octaves of one another. So we have Venus, the principle of love and relationship values, and we have Neptune, the higher octave of love being more unconditional, loving love coming from a spiritual point of view and not just because from the physical point of view. So Uh, you might say we have planetary love with Venus and we have galactic love or universal love coming from Neptune. So typically they work well together. They're benefic planets when they come together like this, but in a semi-square, we have a little bit of tension that might come when we're just glossing over the surface of something that maybe there's a problem going on, but instead of addressing the problem, Venus (laughs) semi-square to Uh, Neptune might have us just like going, yeah, let's just skim over that one. We'll we'll deal with that another day. Or it can also inject a bit of doubt to our lives. So we may find that we are doubting ourselves or our uh, lovability or our values, our value. We might feel not good enough. And then that can be a vague sense that gets triggered by some inner Thought that we might have, or maybe something that occurred in the outer world that we suddenly looked at and went, "Oh, I'm not as good as those people, or I'm not as lovable, etc." We can also turn that doubt outward, and we might doubt the hearts of the people around us. Uh, we might doubt their motivations. We might look at them and sort of start doubting their their values in relation to our values. It is. It is not as overt as I just made that sound. It's very much more an internal pressure in response to something going on in the external world. Remember, the semi square is outside or external stimulus that creates the inner tension. So it could be very easy. Something going on outside beyond your control. Right. Or somebody else in your outer world who have is having a problem and for whatever reason, you take that in and think it's you that's caused the problem, right? And then all of these kind of things can happen, but they're vague. It's not overt. It is something that is hopefully going to just pass through the day. Uh, don't take anything seriously like that. Um, you, your, your worth and your value doesn't come from the little minuscule uh, interactions that you have with people in your outer world, right? It comes more from the strength of who you are, right? The intrinsic value, not your value isn't based on somebody else's doubting you or the need for somebody else to love you, right? Love yourself, right? (laughs) Okay. And that's all, those are uh, aspects for today. Again, they're minor and they're vague and they may pop up and they may not. just depends on how it's, a, it's affecting your own personal chart. And when we have tomorrow's day, it gets a little trickier because tomorrow's uh, semi-square is Mars and Saturn. So I'm just going to tell you all right now, slow down tomorrow. Going too fast tomorrow can lead you to accidents, can lead you to forgetfulness, can lead you to, you know, things that you don't necessarily, that are going to end up causing more stress or uh, strain in your life or even in your uh, relationships. So slow down, don't add to the energy of anger or frustration uh, by, you know, interacting or reacting to what's happening. Be patient. Tomorrow's the day to be patient. Wait until any blocks that might be showing up or any perceived limitations that you have pass away right they'll pass out of your reality if you're going to get behind the wheel of a vehicle slow it down right mars rules metal and saturn is karma right he he will show you where you are doing things out of order or uh where you are not waiting where you're you're moving too far too fast so slow it down tomorrow And then Mars is also in a quintile tomorrow. Here's our quintile aspect, the specific talent or creative thing that's coming up from underneath uh, with Pluto. And that's rising up to challenges. So rise up to the challenges, but don't run them over. Right. Don't run them over. Don't be impatient. Use strategy to fulfill your desires or to fulfill what it is that you need to do. And what do I mean by strategy? Well, if you know your human design, you know that every type has a strategy. Manifesting generators and generators are a strategy of waiting to respond to what shows up in the outer world. Projectors are waiting for the invitations to engage their energy in the outer world. Manifestors are creative types, they're responding to their own inner uh, need to take action. And our reflectors, of course, are waiting long enough to see what uh, the world around them is showing them about what to do next or what to do in general. So using your strategy. Also, though, strategy, especially because we have Mars and Pluto in this quintile, might be about following a plan, a plan that you've developed, but maybe have sort of just loosely adhered to. But tomorrow might be a day to really dig into the plan and see the benefits of walking your life one step at a time, putting one foot in front of the other and not necessarily jumping or hopscotching, this will be most difficult for manifesting generators because by nature, you're hopscotchers, right? By nature, you skip steps. By nature, you are taking on multitasking, doing things quickly. Tomorrow, you might want to slow it down just a titch, be a little bit more patient so that the real gifts that you have might have an opportunity to come up and shine, right? Woo! All right. That's all Tuesday's energies. Now, as we get into, uh, let's see, I did a Wednesday. Wednesday is not necessarily a major aspect, but the moon will be in Libra opposing Jupiter in Aries. And that's our love and war axis, right? The love and war axis relates to our relationships and our relationships both to money to our health, to our significant others, to our family, to our friends. I mean, you can go all the way around the wheel and you can see how this might come up in far, as far as relationships are concerned. But the moon in an opposition to Jupiter can sometimes overdo things, right? So a minor argument could turn into a huge blowout. A minor irritation might be you know, something that causes you much more harm than good. Uh, Taking a little bit of something would be required, but you might be tempted to take a lot of something. So we have to watch proportionality when the moon is in an opposition to Jupiter. Luckily, at most that lasts a couple of hours and then it moves on. So it's not something major that we have to take a look at. However, we also have the new human design week birthing on Wednesday and the new human design week is the sun moving to the gate 45, the earth, which is on the throat. Remember the, the gates of June are the three, first three weeks of June are all on the throat center. So it has to do with our communication. It has to do with manifesting. It has to do with metabolism how we're able to use our resources in a sustainable way. Well, when we get to the sun at the gate 45, it represents the sustainable distribution of resources. So it has it is one of the money gates in human design, if you will, or resource gates. And because it's on the throat, it's how we distribute that energy. How does it move from the throat outward to the lower energy centers or to the upper energy centers or outward into the world. So distribution, so there's a financial piece here that we'll need to look at. And then with the earth at the gate 26 on Wednesday, starting on Wednesday, we begin looking at things through the eyes of integrity. And the challenge will be about being in integrity. And it might be that we see or we hear over those next several days, the next five to six days, things that are out of integrity that have had an impact on our financial market, including what I'm thinking as I see Venus coming into a conjunction with Uranus on Saturday. So I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, but these two tying together a bit to maybe rock our financial world again, still, continuing. maybe it's another drop in crypto, maybe it's an, a stock market thing. Maybe it's more bad news about the uh, about inflation around the world. But it could also intimate new or creative ways to move through the challenges that we face in that respect. So we have like a mixed bag here. The fact that Uranus is involved with this at all, uh, tells us that it's going to be unexpected, that we can't even predict. Like I'm telling you one thing and it could be the other. Or if I'm saying, don't expect this, expect that, then it's going to be the one I told you not to expect. So be open, be understanding about different fluctuations in markets and what have you. Don't take it seriously, but listen to your own gut and be in your own integrity. And when it comes to what to do about your own resources, your own time, your own finances, your own energy, right? Those are your resources. Use them wisely. On Thursday, we only have moon transits, nothing particularly uh, horrible, just a bunch of moon things. So it might be a, a moody kind of day, right? Moods changing because the moon is the only thing that's driving experiences on Thursday. When we get to Friday. Friday, we start to with another major sort of aspect, and this will be Mercury out of retrograde now. So he's in forward motion in a trine to Pluto. A trine is a 120 degree angle, so it's a smooth flow, an ease and flow of the energies. They work well together. And this one brings us increased insight, or you could say understanding, or you could even say awareness of whatever it is that we need to become more aware of. So Mercury is in Gemini, or I mean, excuse me, Mercury is still in, on Friday at the later degrees of Taurus. And so that's practical, that's simple, that is resources, right? That is money, banking, mortgages, all of that uh, possible financial stuff coming up with Mercury delivering messages about the economy perhaps, And Pluto in Capricorn, also an earth sign, Taurus is an earth sign and uh, Pluto in Capricorn in an earth sign, having been responsible for the crashing and burning of our major institutions a bit. So it's hard to say, is this going to bring, it's a trine, trines are an ease and a flow. Is it an ease and a flow of more crashing? Or is it an ease and a flow to restore some harmony in the markets? Uh, We'll just have to be especially aware of the unseen, unheard uh, vibes moving through the system, the undercurrents, if you will. When we deal with Pluto, we're dealing with the underworld. We're dealing with things that are not obvious, right? Sometimes we're dealing with uh, the ugly undercurrents of something and uh, being exposed perhaps during this period of time. On the really good side for all of us as individuals, as Mercury is an individual planet, we have increased ability to focus, right? That might be a day. If you have a lot of work to do this week, maybe things that are more specific or need more detail or detail-oriented, maybe wait till Friday because you'll have an increased focus ability with Mercury in that trine to Pluto. So if you can, maybe even Thursday, as that starts to build uh, at that point in time, uh, that might be the time for you to have a more concentrated, focused ability to get something done. Then on Saturday, we have the planet Venus, which rules relationships, finances, values, resources, right, in general. Um, in a conjunction to Uranus. Now, Venus rules Taurus where Uranus and, and Venus will meet. So she, I think, has a bit of the upper hand in this. But anytime any planet comes into contact with Uranus, we have the unexpected. So expect the unexpected, right? Inwardly, we all may be feeling a little bit of an itch to get something exciting going in our lives, to change up the atmosphere. To, um, to do something untried and untrude, perhaps, or something that we've not ever done before. We want what's new, right? We kind of have that itch to get into something new, to try something that's that it might bring us some excitement because maybe life has been boring or maybe we've been caught inside for too long and we're just itching to get out. Um, we may be attracted to what's unique, what's odd, what's different, what's unusual, because Uranus is that kind of planet, right? He likes to, to so we might be attracted to people um, who are different than what we are, right? Or we might have find we have an affinity for all things unusual. Um, we might even find ourselves romantically infatuated with someone that we wouldn't normally become infatuated with. Uh, We could have financial upsets or financial opportunities. It's one of those kind of days. It's hallmark is about personal freedom. So Saturday's energy may drive us to do things that we really want to do because we want the freedom to be and to, uh, to live ourselves from our own highest self, right? We don't want to be constrained by anybody else. We don't want situations to constrain us. So that freedom uh, might be the drive to do things. Now, that means, let's see, where's the moon on that day? That the moon is in Scorpio. Scorpio is the sign opposing Taurus. So now we have the moon moving across from the planets that are still in Taurus, which are Venus and Uranus and the North Node and Mercury. So throughout the weekend, we're going to have that opposition, uh, triggering those different planets and an opposition can mean that we have to hold the tension of opposites in some way. And, and often we can't bring a fullness of expression to either planet, right? So we might be waffling or on a teeter totter trying to find a balance point, uh, and if you want to apply this to finances, we may be uh, finding a balance between spending and earning or uh, between uh, debt and credit. So, you know, we find balances in our relationships. We might have to find the balance between uh, you and I, right? I mean, I and the other, right? Uh, so having to find that balance this weekend is also maybe problematic for some people, depending again on your own chart, but just remember these transits with the moon, they can trigger events and then it moves out of that event onto the next one. So it can leave us with a feeling of being sort of breathless as we keep moving through these different things. That was a lot. All right, questions. So I'm going to go back a little bit and see what people are asking. Uh, Good morning, Debbie Tibbetts Two Meal better late than never. Good morning. Uh, to, uh, what is that? Erica Dorsey. Good morning. Kathleen Mallory. Hello. Uh, she says, Janet, I'm seeing all those things active in my world. I don't doubt it in the least Pam's Zaruba, question. Would you say semi-square energy is like an open center in human design, be the screen door and let it follow through and don't hold as yours. I think I think there is that potential, but I would bet you it would happen even in a defined center. I think if you have an open center, you maybe have a little bit more skill in becoming more cooperative, right? Because an open center is taking in the energy from around it. And it can also, especially with wisdom, can see that it is taking in the energy from around it and doesn't need to react to it in the same way that it can use that energy differently. But a defined center has a very specific way of dealing with energies as they come in and it's very difficult to say that for a defined center that it's ever going to change its stripes, right? Change like a tiger can't change its stripes and become a leopard, right? It just doesn't work that way. So it might be more difficult for people with a defined center because they're having trouble doing things in a way that's different. If they are always headstrong, stubborn, do it my way. And that's how they're designed, right? That's their human design. And what we're saying is there's a need for cooperation now. It might be more difficult for that defined center to cooperate. So that could be the more problematic. I think people with open centers learn over time to do that screen door thing, to let that energy flow through. But there is also the potential for that open center, especially for someone younger, to take that in, amplify it, and whatever the irritation or friction is, tension, to broadcast it in a bigger way. So I hope that answers your question, Pam. <laughs> uh, Erica Dorsey says, "Good, supposed to rain all day tomorrow, and I really need to get my garden ready for my husband, and I need to be gone for two weeks, along with packing, etc." You know, we've had that same problem here. I have not planted my typical petunias by now. I usually plant them in May. And uh, I haven't been able to plant them. They're very sensitive to rain and we can't seem to get out of the rain here, which it is what it is, right? I'll plant different flowers this year. Um, So yes, change your plan. Do something more internal or inside uh, or something outside that you can do undercover, perhaps. Uh, Let's see what else. Um, uh, Erica Dorsey, Janet, you synced that eye swipe with the word C. I love it. I think the markets all year are going to be rough. Indeed, I think you're right. Um, Not just all year, Susie, but I mean, that is a good point. But with Uranus and Taurus, those financial markets have been wobbly, you know, right from the start, you know, whether they were riding some kind of high. And then, uh, you know, we had that time with Uranus and Taurus where during COVID, where people, at least here in the US, and I'm sure other countries were doing the same, giving people extra money. Um, our unemployment had, you know, extra money given. And there were um, the the one time payments that we got, I can't remember what they called them. um, But which temporarily seemed to buoy up everybody's spending ability, which held the markets or held, you know, uh, their, their, their place for people to buy things, their purchasing power. But you know, for every action, there's a, a reaction that also happens. So now we're starting to see at the opposite end of things the effects of those um, uh, those things that people could buy that create shortages on the in the on the shelves and just the the swing back. And you know, with Uranus in Taurus, it makes all of those markets much more sensitive to changes. So whatever change we enter in should probably be incremental, should be small, shouldn't be like over the top because the response from Uranus to the markets is going to be over the top and it's going to be unexpected, right? You think that uh, or the the Fed thinks that rising interest rates just a little bit is going to cool off the, the economy and ease inflation, but instead the opposite happens. Because the unexpected is what we should be expecting. So, and that goes on through uh, 2025 when Uranus finally moves out of, of Taurus but into Gemini. Then, so it's a it's a strange time financially because it's hard to put, pin down what to expect, and that's as it should be. Right? We we need to become more sustainable in everything that we do with our finances, uh, with the economy, and there's a fine balance between concert conservation and sustainability. um, And having to juxtapose that against the progressiveness that Saturn in uh, Aquarius brings us so it's all kind of weird at the time. Uh, Tammy Smith, Virgo in the 10th house, along with Mars, Uranus, Pluto, Ceres, and Pallas. Tell me how wonderful or messed up my week will be, please. Tammy, I don't know that I would say it's messed up, but maybe these next couple of days, because that's when the moon will be in Virgo, you want to be able to organize yourself. You want to watch being too picky or too perfectionistic or getting into analysis paralysis or being overly critical of yourself or of others. But after Wednesday, when the moon moves into Libra, a lot of that tension goes away um, because there isn't, you know, a moon that's stimulating all of that Virgo energy for you. Instead, it's being stimulated by planets, perhaps in Taurus or Pluto from Capricorn, depending on the degree that you have those planets at. So I don't think it's messed up. I think you have a lot of organizability, right? Ability to get things done. Just don't insist that it happens only in one direct, in one way or one direction, be a little open to, um, different uh, thing, maybe changing up your routine a little bit, uh, not insisting on habits that, you know, just change things up a little bit. Uh, Susie says, I hear you Dorsey or Erica Dorsey. How much of a possibility is there for someone to have a natal chart with all ruling planets? I've yet to see one, but I don't doubt that it could happen. Um, and I think what you mean by that, Erica, is that for every, that every planet is falling in a sign that that planet rules, right? So Venus would be in Taurus or Libra, Mercury would be in Gemini or Virgo, uh, Saturn would be in Aquarius or Capricorn, Pluto would be in, uh, Scorpio or Mars would be in either Scorpio and Aries. I mean, that would be extraordinary it would make that person's life pretty easy, I think, um, or pretty difficult. It might be so easy that they don't try. That would be so extraordinary to see. I've not yet seen something like that happen, but a good question. Uh, all right. Hi, Judy Wheeler. It's good to see you. I don't think I have any other questions here, but if, if I've missed somebody's question, please um, you know type that in down here at the bottom. I have a couple of last things that I want to share with you. And then I'm going to pull a card for us for the week. So there are a couple of big news things coming astronomically this month that I want to make sure you're all aware of. The first one comes with the full moon on June 14th, unless you're in Europe, and then it will be on the 13th. It'll happen sooner for us on the Pacific coast. The new moon, excuse me, full moon on June 14th will be at 4.52 a.m., So if you're on the East coast of the U S actually, so it would be for those of you who are in say Australia or Japan or Asia, where it would be on the 13th for us, it's going to be all on the 14th and that will be a super moon, a pretty powerful super moon as well. Remember a super moon occurs when the full moon or the new moon, comes within 90% of the closest approach the moon ever makes to the Earth. That means that the tidal swell is stronger, more powerful. And since we are primarily water, Our bodies are also affected by the closeness of the moon. And that means that inflammation is higher. It means that our moods or emotional responses are higher. So the full moon next week. So we'll talk about that more and about what the exact things are that are happening there, but it totally occurred to me that we haven't talked about super moons in a while and this full moon is a super moon so be prepared maybe for the more extreme expressions of the full moon which are typically revelations completions or endings something coming into fullness so be prepared for that we'll talk again more about that Um, also on June 24th so that is actually a Friday two weeks from now or three weeks from now, well, two weeks from this Friday, um, there is going to be an extraordinary alignment astronomically in the sky between Mercury, Venus, the moon, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. If you can get up around 4 a.m. your time, wherever you are on the planet, this is the time when you will see these planets all form a line. Now, Mercury and Venus will be fairly close together. They'll both be in in, uh, Gemini at that point in time. And they'll be the lowest to the horizon, right? So Mercury and Venus will be with the rising of Gemini as the constellation. So they'll be lower to the horizon. And then we have the moon, which will be in Taurus. So just above that. And then we have Mars and Jupiter, both in Aries. So they'll be just a little bit higher of that. And then Saturn in Aquarius. So Saturn will be in alignment, but just a titch off because he's not in an exact next sign alignment, but it will be extraordinary. I'm really crossing my fingers that I have a clear sky because I would really love to be able to see that. And again, that's on Friday, June 24th. It doesn't happen very often that we have that many planets, right? In an alignment, the moon will be a crescent moon. So it should be extraordinarily beautiful and a sight to behold, right? So, but I also wonder from an astrological point of view, how is that going to affect all of us, right? Having all those planets aligned like that. And they will form semi sextiles with one another because they're in neighboring signs, with the exception of uh, Saturn that'll form the um, sextile to Jupiter and Mars in Aries. So, interesting things coming up. Uh, okay, so let's do, let's get a uh, star seeds. You guys i dumped my box over the other day and so all my cards are cattywampus in here so i gotta find them so hold for one second as i dig through first i'm going to get a galactic maybe we'll just do that one instead all right oh, okay i don't even see my there you are you're hiding from me so we're going to do a star seeds oracle right by uh rebecca campbell and i love this box because this box has this cutout. it's kind of weird it's unique so we're going to do that one the star seed oracle and it always gives us something at the end maybe a task to do or some kind of thing to think about or contemplate so let's see what we get from here we get trust the timing That's funny we've had this before it says trust the wave you came in on time is not running out. That is so weird. We've gotten this card several times. So it makes me think that, you know, there's a lot of stuff out of our hands, right? This card seems to mean that timing isn't in our hands. So trust that everything is happening exactly as it should. I mean, I even have this almost bookmarked because I've opened up to this page so often. Here's what we got. So often, those who feel like they're here for a reason since the time is running out and they spend their life worrying that they might miss their moment. But the only way to miss your life or your moment is to spend your time worrying about missing it. It's never too late to answer a calling and you're never too old. The tides of your life are magnificently orchestrated to come in and out in perfect unison. Don't race ahead and ride a wave that was never meant for you. You'll waste your precious time and energy when instead you could be enjoying your life. Everything has a season and you're being called to trust the one you're in. Don't let impatience, comparison, competition, or paranoia disturb the seeds. It seems that everyone has anxiety these days, constantly scanning for something they might have missed or a possible threat, keeping our mind and body pointed in the same direction as our soul is near impossible at such reactive speeds. Right now, you're being reminded to take a breath and trust the wave you came in on to trust the season you're in. Time is not running out. There's plenty of time. There's no rush and it's never too late. Hmm. So here we have a starseed soul inquiry. How can you trust the timing of your life a little more? I'll say that again. How can you trust the timing of your life a little more? That's our starseed soul inquiry. And the card again, trust the timing. Trust the wave that you came in on. Time is not running out. All right. And we haven't pulled a galactic heritage in a little bit. So I don't want you all to forget that the galactic energy is huge uh, for humanity. At the moment, we are becoming or awakening to our more galactic selves, our more galactic nature. So this card might help us tune into what that means for all of us uh, for the week ahead. And we get imbalance in positive polarity. It is a Pleiades of the past card. And it's number 39 which is a 12 which means it's a three it is creative energy scattered energy mind energy so it is pleiades imbalance in positive polarity i'll be curious we've never drawn this one okay so it says in the ancient pleiadian history one of the core lessons of the species had to do with denying the shadow side within They only wanted to focus on the positive and habitually suppress their dark aspects it is important to recognize and embrace all aspects dark and light in your life right now try to see where you suppress the darkness inside such as emotions or pain that you don't want to feel see it love it and dialogue with it use it as part of your growth in doing so you will heal many old habits and patterns from lifetimes past on earth and in the stars This card represents one of the core lessons of the Pleiadian people. When they were a young species, they had a tendency to push away the negative emotions and only acknowledge the positive in life. These unprocessed emotions festered on a collective level. And after millennia, this submerged energy had to be released. This unconscious negative energy created an immune system disease that ravished the Pleiadian people. No one could find a cure. It wasn't until they sought help from the shamans of their society that they fully understood what was happening. After much inner searching, the shamans realized that the repressed negative energy on a collective level was creating this immune disease. They made many suggestions to release this energy and eventually the disease disappeared. Sounds a lot like COVID, right? Uh, they, so humans are genetically most connected to the Pleiadian people. And we have a tendency to do the same thing. To push away our unpleasant emotions and the dark aspects of our psyches many of the diseases we face today are because of this repressed emotion if this card came up today you most likely have had experiences in the pleiadian system during this era in which this issue of repressed emotion was happening it's also a message to continue to stay connected to the emotions you are feeling and never push them away you can write about them or face and embrace them in meditation If you make a commitment to this process, you will live a happier and healthier life. So imbalance in positive polarity from the Pleiades. That's a part of the galactic story, by the way, is that in trying to push away emotions, feeling that the darkness, um, as well as feeling the light, that it created an imbalance, an immune system problem. Interesting, right? All right, guys, that's it for me today. I will see you on Friday. And don't forget, go to my website, living-astrology.com. If you want to get your own personal human design chart or astrology chart and report, or go to my Facebook page, Living Astrology, and hit like or comment or share the video uh, to gain an entry into the contest for a free reading. And of course, please like and share or thumbs up and share the video on YouTube and subscribe if you have not yet done that. Take care, everybody. That's it for me today. i uh, see you on Friday. Bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom, Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.